0: Welcome to Course Stories, produced by the Instructional Design and New Media team of EdPlus at Arizona State University. In this podcast, we tell an array of course design stories alongside other ASU online designers and
1: faculty. On today's course story, you know, we have students in our in-person class of courses that that they have they, they start having like slow food tuesday with their <laughs> with their roommate oh, like you know so that they can have one meal every week mm-hmm. that they're sitting down together and maybe they take turns in cooking or in providing it would mm-hmm. it would
2: be interesting to, to get some of those stories and yeah. kind of see how many of our online students were also mm-hmm. doing that in their own mm-hmm. space, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because so much of it is where, where you are and where you live and being connected to that space.
1: And we hear more and more from our online students because... Coast, they can also come with us for a week to Italy. Oh, cool. no! We have a GIE, a global intensive experience mm-hmm. of a week in Sicily where, that is open to all students. And we had at least maybe six or seven online students, also because some of them already lived in Europe. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes. to make it easier, you know, we have mm-hmm. one girl, the, one woman that just uh, flew down from uh, England, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So... I know so, they're all adults, but do you guys
0: need chaperones? Because I'm available.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you say, <I> <laughs> so you never...
0: Hi, I'm Mary Loader, an instructional designer from ASU Online.
4: I'm Ricardo leon I'm a media specialist at the same place. Yeah, we work together. Let's get on with the show.
0: Okay. We'll have to like clink in front of the, the mic and yes. use the wine opener in front of the mic, which someone else is going to have to do.
1: <laughs> <I'm mangiando.
4: laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <Grab this> <laughs> I just had lunch. You haven't had oh, lunch. Oh, we're recording right it? now? Um, yeah. So we can just it's not going it. to pop. You? It's not going to pop you if you use lunch? that. Oh, I need this a, um... Mm. One more. No, no more. You, more. you have mangato una pasta con le sardine and... Oh, we don't want to pop it.
0: Just the sound of that. But hold on, I
1: gotta... I had a
3: little snack. I had a little... Not a full lunch.
0: You it. No, just wow! just Ooh! I want that! Keep going! Keep I going! going. It will stop when it's ready. Keep going down. Go down. Go down. Yeah. And stop. And then back up. Yeah. Pull oh it yeah. Up. Pull out. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then
0: back. You go back up, and it
4: lets go of course. Oh, so and then this guy to aerate
0: it because I mean, if it's going to be bad wine, we might as well try as much as we can to make it
2: good. That seems like a big cop out.
4: Uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys want some stuff? Yeah.
1: Are you sure? Is a little even caprese? Be salad the cre- it's beautiful. It's salted You did, no, you did so oh. good. Thank Look you. It it's funny because when we first started teaching this course, we we would make this in class the first day with the students. Oh, how Don't, fun. You didn't hear that. We're not bringing food in class, right? But, <laughs> but then,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: then at the end of the class, students could have a little mozzarella mm-hmm. and tomatoes with basil.
4: Are we ready to begin?
0: I'm already beginning. It's All delicious. Right. <laughs> Hi, Mary. Hi, Ricardo. <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm awesome. I'm actually shoving food in my face.
4: Yeah. What, are we, what are, Why are we shoving food in our mm, face right now? I'll talk with my mouth full <laughs> because
0: it's the last season and we had to feed our feelings because we're sad it's ending. Last episode of the season. Oh yeah. That's how you say it. (laughs) I'm very much concentrating on the food. (laughs) And amazing opportunity to speak to some uh, instructors from the School of International Letters and Cultures, also known as, acronym for it, is there one? Silk. Silk. silk, because there's (laughs) always an acronym. (laughs) (laughs) It's a
3: good one. No, it is actually a really good
0: one. Um, We're very lucky. This is a course focused on food. Yes. And the Italian culture.
4: Mediterranean lifestyle, MCO. Was it MCO? No, it's not
0: MCO. Ita
4: ITA. ITA, Italian. Come on, get with program.
2: What is MCO? What is MCO? Just kidding. Ita three eighty. Ita. I met with you on three eighty earlier, so I'm still in three eighty mode. Using
0: for us. There's only acronyms and then course codes, and there's
4: thousands of them. Okay,
0: so Ita three five
4: zero is the course that we are focusing on today. And to kind of make it a little special, we have incorporated a Mediterranean lifestyle meal to join us today in our conversation. I don't know how authentic it's going to, it is, but we can talk about that. But we have some olives and we have some uh, prosciutto (laughs) and uh, some.
3: Uh,
4: what's that? Uh, that's, uh, bread, and,
3: <laughs> and
1: cheese, <laughs> uh, A lot of like, stuff here. Chorizo, like
4: chorizo is what yeah. I was gonna say, but that's, so that's not.
1: No, salame. Not yes. authentico. No, ma c'è un po' di, there's, um.
3: And herbs too. There's basil. Si, c'è basil. From my mother's garden. Mary, from Mary's garden. Yes. Oh, yeah. fresh yeah. Basil, Bezo,
1: cold cuts, like sopressa, salame, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. pepperoni. Mm hmm. And a pesto also made with herbs, with basil. Yes. And, of course, some cheese. Some
4: cheese, Mm -hmm. yes. I don't know how Italian that cheese is, but there are cheese there. And, listener, we're not just telling you to be uh, jealous. Mm -hmm. We want you to actually join us. (laughs) As you listen, (laughs) go down to your local uh, Italian eatery and uh, enjoy this as we have this conversation. And uh, so, Mary, who is going to be running this conversation? Who's going to be the interviewer as you dab here?
0: I had to get it all down. London Skiles. London Skiles. London Skiles.
4: Mrs. London Skiles. How are you today, London?
2: Hi, Ricardo. I'm good. How are you?
4: Good, good. How about you tell us about yourself?
2: About myself. Well, I am an instructional designer with Ed Plus, and I am the instructional designer that works for the School of International Letters and Cultures. I did not have the privilege of being the designer to work with Kiara and Julianne on this course, but I am the one that's going to be interviewing them today. Mm Mm-hmm.
4: And ladies, would you please
1: uh, introduce yourselves?
3: I'm Julianne Vitullo, and I'm a, an associate professor of Italian. And I'm also co-director of the Humanities Lab.
1: And I'm Chiara Dal Martello, and I'm a principal lecturer in Silk in the School of International Letters and Cultures. And I've been teaching Italian language and culture with Giuliane since 1996. And I'm excited <laughs> to put all our courses
0: online. That's awesome that you're excited to put all your courses online. First of all, let's start there. Not (laughs) everybody
1: is. (laughs) Not everybody is. We're going to apply for a minor.
2: Mm -hmm. Awesome. We're going to put a lot of great stuff in the works. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: So let's talk a little bit about the ITA 350 course. It's part of the Science and Society group of courses Mm -hmm. and requirements. Tell us a little bit about the course itself.
3: We decided to design this course as a science and society course because those courses take on a social challenge and look at it from both a scientific perspective and also a cultural perspective. And we were both interested in the rich and deep history of local food cultures in Italy. And we decided that learning from these local food cultures and how to preserve them would be a a great topic for a science and society course. And it also connects to my other role as the co-director of the humanities labs, which are also online now, some of them, because the humanities labs are all based on social challenges and stress that the humanities are an important part of solving them, that when we're looking at social challenges, we really have to think of questions of culture, questions of ethics, historical questions. And those are all the kinds of questions we also ask in in this course. And so we also started talking to other people on campus who are working on the Mediterranean diet, and we got in touch with Dr. Tina Shepard in the School of Health Solutions and uh, collaborated with her on the science part of the course. She suggested the materials. We needed materials, that, for instance, that didn't require a background in chemistry because we don't have a background in chemistry, and also it's it's not a requirement for this course. And we also asked her if she'd agree to work with us in terms of developing the videos for that section of the course. So the way the course is divided is we we initially start out by talking about the history of local Italian food cultures, how they've changed, and also how they've been challenged by the globalized industrialized food system, and how they've Responded to those challenges, and then there's the scientific aspect, the nutritional aspect of the course, where we talk about what nutritionists, dietitians tell us are the the benefits of the Mediterranean diet. And then at the end of the course, we go back to looking at the social significance of these local varieties of the Mediterranean diet um, throughout Italy, but more in the south and the north, and also the environmental advantages. Of this kind of lifestyle. You've mentioned a few times these courses are
2: about that's the social issues and the challenges. Mm-hmm. What is the challenge that this course is specifically focused on?
3: The challenge is to create a healthier, more sustainable local food system. So we're looking at the local food systems in Italy to see why, for instance, talking about the southern Italian towns that have been studied because of their local food systems are considered varieties of the Mediterranean diet or examples of the Mediterranean diet. What makes those healthier? What makes those eating patterns healthier and more sustainable? And And it's a little bit tricky because the studies of the Mediterranean diet began in the post-World War II period when Italy was just starting its economic boom, becoming more industrialized. So it was a much more of an agricultural society. We also have to be cognizant of that when we're trying to translate what a Mediterranean diet is in Italy in a small Italian town to what principles, what concepts can we learn from those examples and then translate them to where we live here, which is very, you know, a very different social context in many different mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, very much challenging. So.
2: Mm-hmm. It
3: might be too early to ask this question, but I'm going to jump right in.
2: Mm-hmm. How did you present that to your students? What did, what did you think about when you were trying to explain to your students, this is the Mediterranean diet and what it means for you here
3: What we really tried to emphasize is that, first of all, it's a concept. It was a concept created by an American physiologist, Ansel Keys, in the post-World War II period, because he was studying, and he actually lived for a long time, for over 30 years in a small southern Italian town. And through his research, he discovered that there was many fewer people suffering from cardiovascular disease. And so he did epidemiological studies about why this was happening. And then he wrote two books that became very popular. His research started to be published in the 1950s, but his big popular manual came out in the 1970s. And that started this whole branding of the Mediterranean diet. And, you know, still today, U.S. News and World Report ranked the last four years, I believe. U.S. News and World Report has branded it as the top diet. And we want our students to understand that concept. The, the scientific concept, the benefits of the diet, but we also want them to understand how it's been branded.
1: That it's mm-hmm. not the only one available, yeah. <laughs> it's the only one being studied. Right.
3: right. W- the, there, there are a number of things we have to look at why it has been studied more than other traditional diets. Mm-hmm. And we have to think about that also in terms of racism and in terms of Eurocentrism. Mm-hmm. So there, there are a number of factors, but what we really want them to come away with is that these examples of the Mediterranean diet from Southern in Italy are examples of traditional diets that exist all over the world and what makes these diets healthy and sustainable is that you have hundreds of years if not millennia of knowledge that has built up by the people working the land or fishing, Mm -hmm. surviving, or foraging. Mm -hmm. And they have deep relationships with that land, with the sea, with the plants, with other animals. And it's those relationships that make it healthy and sustainable. The examples we're talking about in Southern Italy are well studied and we have lots of scientific data about them and they're great examples, but they're also examples right here in Arizona where we live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Eat local, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's what's made for you. That's- and also really listen to the people who have this traditional or indigenous knowledge. Mm. Um, underst- really respect that and um, seek it out and and honor it
4: do you mind me asking what are your both of yours connections to italy to the Mediterranean lifestyle just before starting the course
1: do you want me to go (laughs) first okay (laughs) well i was born in italy and and raised and and actually i Come from probably a generation that is dying in Italy, part of a big family, of six children, and I'm the youngest. So my, my brothers and sister are older than me, and we were raised in a farm. So my, both my paternal fam- family and my maternal family are agricultural people. So, mm-hmm. so growing up, we would eat only 90% of what we had was what was grown mm-hmm. or raised in the farm. So coming to this country, I've been here, you know, 30 years, I was really eager to share my experience, my knowledge as a child and a teenager. I mean, I was almost 30 when I came. Mm-hmm. So with the young people here and educate them that, you know, you don't need to eat fast food. You don't need, <laughs> It's not cheaper, it's not healthy, you know. So that's my take on Why I wanted to share the Mediterranean lifestyle more than just the diet, because like Julianne said, it's the connection of the people with the territory Mm -hmm. and where the products come from or, or from what? They come from the animals and the respect that they have for the land, but also is a lifestyle. How I tell my students that in my family, when I go home, what is the main topic of conversation? Is food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm overwhelmed when I go back now because here we, we don't talk about food the way we do there. You know, in during breakfast, at the end of breakfast, what are you talking about? What are we eating for lunch? What are we doing for dinner? I mean, we're all planning ahead in our head. Mm-hmm. So it is something that is really important, and it doesn't necessarily have to be complicated. It's very simple. That's one of the key quality of Italian food. You know, you can have a caprese—a little bit of mozzarella and tomatoes and basil and olive oil. And that's and, my
4: cue to have one right now.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> (laughs) Well, I I grew up in an Italian-American family, and my family is from a a southern region, and we ate a lot of vegetables. I've always loved vegetables, and I was eating a plant-based diet, even though I would never have used that term. Mm. And I was always interested, when I saw the Mediterranean diet advertised, I always was interested in how that connected to my own experience, but also to what I've learned as a, a scholar of Italian culture. This course was a lot of fun to put together just to see how the scientific concepts connect to the social patterns. And for instance, we've learned that it takes a little time for for students to really understand the whole notion of seasonality Mm -hmm. and eating seasonally because we're so far away from it. And our industrialized food culture. Everything's on demand as well. Everything's on demand. We're right. too lucky.
1: <laughs> and available all year round, mm-hmm. you know. And I was raised like that. We only ate apples in the winter and, mm-hmm. you, and you only ate grapes in the summer, you know. They're, they weren't available any other time of the year, so...
3: But from a nutritional point of view, if you're eating according to the season, it's a nutritional advantage because the foods you're eating contain a variety of phytochemical, of antioxidants, of vitamins, and it's something that happens naturally just by following the seasons wherever you live. And the seasons here in Arizona are going to be very different than and even in Italy itself. Yes, Um, in
1: between north and south. And the the central Italian was raised in the north, so still is different than the Mediterranean diet in the Mm -hmm. South. And another thing I want to add to what Julianne said about uh, students many times when they read the reading and everything, they understand the concepts, but then it's really hard to put them in practice. Mm -hmm. So they still have, uh, you know, it's hard to really get them to create a meal that is, not an American meal, that is not even an Italian-American. It's more a Mediterranean diet, like what we're teaching them.
2: Yeah. And I think this is a perfect opportunity to talk about the project-based nature of this course, because you guys do a phenomenal project at the end with your students that taps into the sociocultural aspect of food that you talked about and how families talk about food. They engage with each other over food. And so, talk about that project. Let's first kind of hear a little bit about what the project is and then we'll transition into what that experience was like for students and what they learned from it.
3: We have two projects in which we ask the students to reflect on, to reflect on their own eating patterns and their, and their community's eating patterns and try to connect what they're learning in the course to those patterns. So the first one is we ask students to keep a log for a week of what they're eating, but not, we don't ask them to, you know, it's not really detailed in the sense that we're, we're not asking them to measure the food they're eating or to, you know, calories. We're no, just, just in general attention. to describe what they're eating, mm-hmm. and then and this is in the section of the course in which they're reading about the nutritional benefits of the Mediterranean diet.
4: So, is that's to get a baseline of what they're currently eating?
3: Yeah, yeah, and to also reflect. just gets and we ask them to reflect on it in terms of the the principles of the Mediterranean diet that they're studying, mm-hmm. and
1: I I think it's uh, many times they would well, they. Didn't think about it, but they noticed that they eat like some kind of animal protein in every meal. Oh, I noticed that, you know, I didn't think I did that. Or they didn't drink enough water because it's the forgotten nutrient. Or they skip breakfast every day. Or they don't, or maybe they have only one meal or, a day. Or, so or, or they never,
3: they never eat with other people. Right. Or they're, they're always, always don't eating, you forget, know, going from class to class. Uh, forget um,
1: to walk to school. That That's part of the Mediterranean diet, mm. exercising, you know. Which but, is just walking. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. go to the gym. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But
3: one of the th- So
1: we ask them to reflect about it in terms of their own lives, but
3: also to talk ab- about the, the challenges that they have following these principles, not only them but other people in their community, to think about it also in larger social and structural terms. But that leads to the next assignment, the final assignment, when we ask them in several stages to develop a meal and prepare it and serve it that includes the principles of the Mediterranean diet that they're they're learning about. And so they have a chance to develop their own menu, to share that menu with the professors and with their peers to get feedback on it. But we once again ask them to reflect on every aspect of the meal, like where they're shopping and why they're shopping there. And we're not evaluating anyone's habits. We really just want people to reflect on their own patterns and also once again the social and structural challenges you know that, that help shape those patterns. And then finally, they, they prepare a meal and get the feedback of their f- friends and family. And so it's a whole process. Mm-hmm. I love how connective the
0: entire class is, connective to other people, connective to culture, connective to the food that you eat, where it comes from, connection to the earth. Mm-hmm. I, it's mm-hmm. just heartwarming to hear about this class.
3: Yeah, that's what we really, we hope students come away with, that a healthy and sustainable food patterns, habits, and
1: um, systems are relational. And how important the social aspect is, Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
1: that you should put your phone down, that you you Mm -hmm. should talk to another person, you know, Mm -hmm. and meditate. I mean, it's not always possible, but at least once a day or two or three times a week. Mm -hmm. You know, we have students in our in person class of course is that that they have they, they start having like slow food tuesday with their <laughs> with their roommate oh, like right? you know so that they can have one meal every week that mm. they're sitting down together and maybe they take turns in cooking or in providing so i thought that was very very That's nice beautiful <laughs> it
2: would it would be interesting to, to get some of those stories and yeah. kind of see how many of our online students were also doing mm-hmm. that in their own
1: mm-hmm. space, mm-hmm.
2: right? Mm-hmm. Um, because so much of it is where, where you are and where you live and being connected to that space.
1: And we hear more and more from our online students be- Cause they can also come with us for a week to Italy. Oh, and cool. We have a GIE, a global intensive experience mm-hmm. of a week in Sicily. That is open to all students, and we had at least maybe six or seven online students. Also, because some of them already lived in Europe. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> so, amazing. To make it easier, you know. We have mm-hmm. one girl, the, one woman that just uh, flew down from uh, England. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: So. I know so, they're all adults, but do you guys need chaperones? Because I'm available. <laughs>
2: you same. I, so you know. Know I also <laughs> volunteers <laughs> tribute. We yeah. need yeah. if we need, um, if we need that. Yeah, you just did that this past summer, correct? Yeah.
4: if we need a, do- a podcast documenting the whole process, then
0: oh, we're there. Yeah. There's yeah. the one
3: you. <laughs> um, Ed plus student who lives outside of London. She just finished her degree. It, w- it was her last course, and so coming to Sicily what, uh, was the last part of her last course, and she had worked and raised two children on a military base while finishing her degree and so you know her husband had really encouraged her to do this to come to to Sicily with us and she brought her cap and gown with her <laughs> and everywhere we went like we you know the volcanic soil there is so rich because of Mount Etna we had a hike on Mount Etna we had a picture of her in her cap and gown on Mount Etna we went to a festival in Noto um, a small town, and it was just packed with people. She wore a cap and gown, and all these Italians, because you know they recognized the cap and gown, came up and congratulated her and hugged her. And, so, um, awesome. so for her, that was her graduation ceremony. So that special, that's, that's better than any graduation ceremony I ever mm. had.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Entire town celebrating, one hundred percent.
2: And so students. Well, I have to confess, I actually did kind of creep on the course and. See some of the student projects. I, I kind of had to. It was yeah. really it's lovely. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. And so let's share a little bit some of the feedback that you got for students and and what you learned through their because they do present. They they have a presentation with slides and photos and it's a way for them to even share that experience with their classmates and with you as the instructors. Talk about the feedback that you've received from students, either through the assignment itself or emails, however they've communicated it to you, on that project at the end.
3: The feedback that really comes to mind is students telling us, both in course evaluations but also through those projects, that it was a chance for them to share what they've learned about healthier, more sustainable food communities with their family and friends. So it I gave a, it gave them a chance to to teach, to teach yeah, other people to pass it on to share what they're learning with their part of their community which
1: yeah I think many is times wonderful. they're so excited they're like you know I can't wait to to cook this mm-hmm. with my mom mm-hmm. or to tell her about what to do or their best friend or their partner you know they're mm-hmm. really excited about sharing their not just their experience but their knowledge mm-hmm. so that's uh, really And I've exciting. also gotten
3: the feedback that is it um that they've shared like videos from the course that they've mm-hmm. they've watched a video and then shown it to a, a family member <laughs> or a friend, which is just it amazes me. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Well, that speaks to the quality and to the engagement, exactly. <laughs> which is what we're going yeah. for online. Yeah,
4: yeah. So, how are they submitting these? Are these videos that they're putting together or?
1: it's a video that they they right now in the current course they they do it on Zoom and they Mm -hmm. share their slides and they have to speak and tell their stories through the slides so yes but the slides need to include all the steps of the project like the Mm -hmm. shopping the preparation Mm -hmm. the the recipes the nutrition behind Mm -hmm. the recipes so they have to cite from the course reading and then the experience the Mm -hmm. social part Mm -hmm. and then the experience. Yeah we
3: Really feel like it brings it all together because yeah. they are citing the the, the readings um, and and documenting the whole experience. So we do it in stages. We start halfway through the the course and build up to it so that it's not overwhelming at, at the end. And the, especially during COVID, um, that was challenging. And now with the the you know with inflation, mm-hmm. we're also very aware that students are in very different positions, and so we we um, we. We, you know, are always communicating to them that you know you don't have to buy special ingredients. You don't have to spend a. a, a- a a lot of money or buy certain products. It's not a matter of buying Mm -hmm. an olive oil from Sicily or Mm -hmm. buying...
1: And after all, the Mediterranean diet from southern Italy was born from poor communities. Mm -hmm. So we try to uh, explain this to the students. You don't have to make, you know, complicated meals. That Mm -hmm. can be very simple. And most of the times, you know, you can use whatever you have in in the house already, Mm -hmm. you know. In your course, do you have them do like a local survey of the seasonal availability
0: of their food? Or is it primarily only focused on Mediterranean? Well, we use
1: those as... Oh, the native ingredient.
3: Yeah, yeah. We use the, the local food systems of southern Italy as examples. But we really want them to check out their own local food systems and we so we we build that into the the assignments and for instance the first assignment is an assignment where they learn in the third module they they learn about that's where we really talk about the concept of the mediterranean diet and how it developed and we also talk about the concept of slow food which is another concept that Came out of a local food community. Can you share in what Italy? that what
4: that concept is?
3: Sure. So the slow food movement developed in Italy in the 1980s, and it developed in a small town in northern Italy, Bra. Um, but it was resistance to fast food coming into Italy, in, perti- mm-hmm. in, in particular to a McDonald's opening in Piazza di Spagna in, in Rome. But it took off, and because of Italy's own historical and It's own history and geography. Local food systems have survived and resisted the influx of fast food. Not completely, but they did resist it. And so this, the slow food movement came out of this resistance, and it's a movement to preserve Our biocultural diversity, Mm -hmm. especially uh, biocultural, agricultural diversity. And so when we're talking about slow food in the the course, we urge students to find out what's going on where they're living in terms of preserving, maintaining, and helping to evolve their local
1: agricultural traditions. And one way we do that is in the The last project they uh, have to include a local ingredient a local native ingredient it can be a dish but usually they pick a product <laughs> and, 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 and we, land, we also we also
3: it's kind of interesting because then we it also brings into up uh, questions about what is a native ingredient mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. and we, very uh, we really allow students to define it in different ways and to define it for themselves so it could be an ingredient that's really important for their family right. that eth- you know ethnically, eth- for ethnically them. And from or their it heritage it could be it could be in a, they could Can do research about indigenous traditions where they live, and it could be something that's special to that indigenous community. So I think that
1: also brings up important conversations. Mm-hmm. And we do this in assignment one too when we ask them to do a research on an Italian product or dish and the connection of the product or dish with the people and the territory but then part of the project part of the assignment is also a reflection on their own traditions. Do you have a product or a dish that are important to you and why? Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. And does it,
3: do those traditions connect to a a certain place or a certain community. And
1: and we have students nowadays, too, from all over the world. So uh, especially online, but also in class. And then we also, I had students that put together a meal that was also Mediterranean, but from another region of the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that happened not very often, but sometimes. Yeah.
0: I will say, though, the best fast food I've ever had, not ever had, um, McDonald's hamburger I ever had Was in Florence Oh,
2: oh. oh you know <laughs> Isn't that I, strange yeah. But not truly not. It was like I Wow this it. is like The best McDonald's I've well, ever had Fast food in Europe Is very different Than fast food well, In the Well also US. because yes. the
1: Italians the, There's a law For the fast food Companies That they must use Local ingredients Oh uh, that makes sense oh, yeah Because I yeah. went to Agrigento in Sicily One time And with my husband We were traveling So we stopped At a McDonald's Because there was But he still talked Talks about it. <laughs> they had a coffee <laughs> yeah. place inside McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> so and it was really good. So. I mean, that was twenty five years ago, oh, and I wow. still remember okay. how good that
0: hamburger was. Yeah. So that that was a good hamburger. Yeah.
2: But I do love the idea that you're connecting students to that local food community. Um, again, in my my moments of creeping mm-hmm. on their assignments. <laughs> you know, a lot of them were sharing about how they went to the local farmer's market. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing quite a few students talking yeah. about heading to to markets like that and saying where they got some of the items that they were presenting in their meal or, or preparing mm-hmm. in their
3: meal. Yeah, I know we encourage them because I mean, we also we have readings about farmer's markets in Italy and we give them examples of of our patterns. We we have short videos about our patterns for shopping and going to farmer's markets, for example. We, We also really want to communicate to students that we understand that they have time restrictions and they have financial restrictions. But the students who are able to go to the farmer's market often find out that if they buy seasonal produce, that it's cheaper, cheaper than they thought it was going <laughs> on. Yeah, they always think
4: it's
1: expensive. That's logical yeah. though, right? And then <laughs> it's so fresh, it lasts mm-hmm, longer mm-hmm. too than yes. what you buy from the store. Right. So well, also, we do include sustainability and do include how not to waste and you know.
3: No, and also, yeah, if you go to, especially towards the end of a season, farmers you know, they, they want to sell, you know, like right now, I'm sure they're, they're trying to get rid of eggplant and
2: eggplants not really in high demand. Mm-hmm. Well, no no no
3: it's just the <laughs> end of the <laughs> summer no season. I know. Yeah.
1: Like <laughs> Egg eggplant. No, no, no. Uh, s- yes. Yes. But the other thing I wanted to say that we also discussed justice in the last uh module. Yeah we, there are
3: questions of social justice.
1: Especially with, after COVID, with, mm-hmm. during COVID. Mm-hmm. And-
3: uh, also, about I mean, just food. what we talked about a few minutes ago in terms of the challenges that students face and that a lot of people face in terms of time, having the time to prepare your own food, having the time to shop and also affordability. And so once again, it's important for students to think structurally about these, these issues. And then, or all of us to <laughs> think structurally about these <laughs> issues. Yeah. And then, um, also in terms of environmental Concerns and how, you know, a diet that's healthier for us is also healthier for the planet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Food waste is another part of that
2: last module. Mm -hmm. You have, um, Chiara, another class uh, that also falls within the science and society. It's ITA 380. Yes. And it is also a course about that, about Italian culture and sustainability that falls into that. It's not food focused. No, But tell us a little bit about what it is focused. It's fascinating.
1: Well, oh, and the name. So you said it's, ITA it's amazing. 380. 380. Yes. But what
2: is the name
0: of it's the course? It's the
1: Natural Disasters, Environmental, and Cultural Resilience. So we talked about food and how Italians um developed practically in hundreds of years this special diet, but it was really developed by a need of survival. So a kind of resilience because you use anything that was available for you in your environment. And you also have to use it very carefully Mm -hmm.
3: because you know that your children also are going to depend on these same Mm -hmm. resources. So there's always this future-oriented connection to the land and resources Mm -hmm. that sometimes disappears in our culture.
1: So from there, we talk about geological hazards in my class, Mm -hmm. in my 380 class, because Italy is such a seismic (laughs) country, but also is the only European country besides Iceland that has volcanoes. Mm -hmm. So there's a long history of Survival and resilience from natural disasters you know and earthquakes, but also landslides and and this love and hate with nature, especially water, because not many years ago there was big cases of malaria and we mm-hmm. needed to um, clean up and reform the land to allow people to live there. So, And it's another very interesting course because it's, it's a science and society. So I have the science. I worked with a volcanologist and a earthquake mm. specialist mm-hmm. here at the SU. And then there's a lot of lectures from different guests, anthropology and, uh, and uh, actually an art uh, specialist too because another cultural aspect of Living in a place where there are a lot of natural disasters is called ex voto, and is what people give to their saint or their special, their favorite church saint or God, or, and as a thank you for mm-hmm. surviving a disaster. It can mm-hmm. be an accident, it can be a, a sickness or an illness, but in this case, we look at paintings and art. That depicts disaster. So but but then sometimes they're
3: monuments. Sometimes, yeah, yeah well, Naples Holdo can take all kinds of obelisks. Yeah, yeah, they're mm-hmm. obelisks or churches. Because there's or, a
1: Vesuvius there. Now. Mm-hmm, so, now, mm-hmm. and we also read Pliny the Younger, the, the recount of the 79 AD Vesuvius eruption. But the last mm-hmm. project is similar because it's a group project, only that the students do what is called by the experts, like FEMA experts, is called a tabletop. Simulation mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. students actually pretend that they are like one of the ta- uh, one of the stakeholders, like a mayor, a scientist, an architect, a restaurant owner, mm-hmm. a normal citizen, a tourist, a volunteer, and then they there's a disaster happening, a geological disaster, and I give them a, a place, and they have to figure out all the risk and all the possible solution and what to do. And then they have to talk about the resilience of the people and the place and the environment where this disaster happened. So it's it's exciting. It is. (laughs) You know, I got to tell you what I love
2: about the courses that you're offering in this science and society is that as evidenced, you know, like you said before, the students were taking videos and they were sharing them with people, right? They were talking about how They're now having slow food Tuesday or Mm -hmm. all these things. And what you're doing in these courses is influencing the students and where they are. And it's making that impact of how you want them to be connected to the, to each other and to their environment. And so we just really appreciate you coming and sharing. Your stories about these these courses and especially the three fifty class, because without it we wouldn't have had this wonderful conversation and the wonderful food. <laughs> and, <laughs> right, we
4: need a critique. So yeah, so this is uh, We don't need a critique. Well, first of all, yeah, I, I did taking the a <laughs> job
0: on Caprice and I'm yeah. just gonna I'm gonna take that to my I, mom. I saw and it. Just- I did. I yeah.
2: saw I saw the that I did. It was uh, really good. Donna. I did. I. Yep. Yeah, I am here <laughs> well, to vouch for you. Thank you.
3: Well, well. I I love also the herb because we talk about it's uh, one of the special sections of our our the part of the course that focuses on the nutrition of the Mediterranean diet because um, we learned from Doctor Shepard that this is a real focus of dietitians right now because they've learned that herbs the way that a lot of Mediterranean cultures eat herbs is that they they have a little every day and but herbs are just packed with antioxidants mm-hmm. and vitamins good stuff for you mm-hmm. and so the, the the daily habit of adding a little to every meal adding a little basil a little mm-hmm. rosemary um, parsley she yeah, loves Dr. Parsley. Shepard said in the past you know nu- nutritionists dietitians had just overlooked it because they're you're talking about small amounts, but they mm-hmm. now realize that, that the cumulative effect is really powerful. That was so the first thing that came to mind when I saw the eat fresh lots basil from your garden. Yes. It's, mm-hmm.
1: it's part, of your space, garden. part of your space, part of
3: your daily right. life. Yeah. It's
1: great. It gets blessed all the this time. This is wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for having us and having yeah. all these wonderful Thank you for wonderful. coming. Yeah. Thank you this
0: for creating a space where our students can model our mission. At ASU, because the charter's built into what they do, then go and share and like in, affect their communities and affect the way that people then talk about how they want to participate in their community and society. And I just think that's amazing. So heartwarming. Good job, Ricardo. This was a good last episode. I didn't do it all on my own.
4: Everybody was here.
2: <laughs> I
0: know, but like the choice that this would be the last one, this is this
4: is a good one for the yes. last one. So I think that we need to. Oh, yeah. Oh, so cheers. For sure. Cheers,
3: yeah. Could I? I I'm also spring. wanted to say that we also talk about alcohol and wine. And we talk about in Mediterranean lifestyle, it's one glass of wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the With key food. is moderation. You're gonna yes. need to
4: fill this glass up smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
1: and, have to. <laughs> <laughs> and we also tell them, you know, it's not necessary to start drinking if you don't mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not drinking, right. you know. But if you are the key is moderation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and don't drink bad stuff. Drink the good stuff. Exactly. You're gonna have it. just one glass. Oh, yeah. Drink a good yeah. glass.
2: What is what's a good? uh I only know the German Prost. So yeah. I don't. What salute. What, what
1: salute, salute, chin chin, salute, salute. salute. salute chin chin,
2: So great to have you guys on.
4: Okay, well, we want to thank you folks for listening this Season 2, Course Stories. Mary, what can we have people do uh, to prepare themselves for the next season of Course Stories?
0: Like, listen, subscribe to all your friends. Send our Instagram link, at Course Stories, to everyone you know. Go to Twitter, at Course Stories, and follow us. We might get kicked off eventually like so many others, but who knows? Follow us there for the time being. (laughs) Elon jokes. They're fun. (laughs) Um, But what else? Let's see. We have the SoundCloud. We have Spotify. Just, you know, like and listen and subscribe there.
4: And what about uh, what's coming up next season, Mary?
0: Next season, we're talking to some really interesting groups throughout EdPlus. So there are ASU Online courses within each of these areas. But we get a little deeper on the really interesting and unique things that our university is doing as the new American University for, let's see, YouTube stuff, mm-hmm. immersive design,
4: mm-hmm.
0: ooh, international mm-hmm. design. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a good one. I think that's our first one for the season. We'll yeah. see. Yeah.
4: Well, listeners, we look forward to uh, having you listen to us again in 2023.
0: Happy New Year.
4: Happy New Year. Course Stories is produced by the Instructional Design and New Media team at EdPlus at Arizona State University. Course Stories is available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can reach us at coursestories at asu.edu. If you're an instructor at ASU online, tell us your course story, and we may feature it in a future episode. Thanks for listening.